Hello, everyone, and thanks for checking out the Indie Handshake Wrestling Podcast. My name is Paul Ponte. I am joined today by the world's tallest cruiserweight, a member of the squad. He is D-Rogue. Man, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. How are we doing today? I know um, we got some shows coming up, which is exciting after a year of COVID. Uh, you've, you've traveled a bit, you know, doing some stuff. We'll get to that later. But how does it feel kind of knowing that, you know, we've turned a corner and shows are coming back? Man, I'm excited. I'm just, I'm just ready for the world to be back to normal, man, for real. Yeah, it's been, uh, especially indie wrestling, you know, the, the phrase independent contractors uh, comes up a lot, and it's never meant more as in during a pandemic when it's like, oh, what do we do? Oh, my God. Yeah, man, <laughs> independent contractor is, oh, my God. We pro wrestlers are the definition of that, especially during this pandemic, man. It's like, man, you really got to, you really had to like figure out what the heck you were going to do with all this time. You know what I mean? So I'm glad it's back. Yeah, especially because you've, you've been in the business for what, five years now? Um, four. I'm working on five. I hit four, four years at uh, January 17th. Okay. So especially then, like, this is like a prime time for you to, like, be learning the business. Like, you're still relatively early in it. You're young. You're kind of like, damn it, why, does this, why is this happening when this is supposed to be, like, when I'm getting my time in, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was, it was terrible. Don't get me wrong. It was the worst stuff ever. Can I cuss? Am I yeah. allowed to curse? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the worst shit ever. Cool. But um, I think... uh sitting home and having to watch everything really helped it 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 helped um it helped with the psychology of things and really understanding why things are going on so it, i used it as a lot of time to study and figure some things out that i didn't know at first but now i'm like oh i get it now yeah i felt like it, it taught me uh to not take uh, especially indie wrestling for granted because there was plenty of times I've said it before on this show where I've been like, oh, I'll go to the next indie show. I don't feel like, eh, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I can't go to any. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, but let's go Let's go back a little bit into uh, discovering wrestling. And really importantly, how you discovered independent wrestling. Oh, man. Um, it was like after after college. Cause I was playing basketball in college and, um, you know, I was just kind of doing my thing. And then after the school, I, I had, I was blessed with the opportunity to go play professionally. So, you know, I, I pursued that. And one morning I got up, I was like, yo, I think I'm done playing basketball, you know, cause that was around the time. Like my, uh, I, I was just about to have my son and, it was just, I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I just want to sit home and, you know, try to be a dad. So um, as I was sitting home, I was like, damn, this is extremely boring. Like, <laughs> I'm way, way too athletic and, and, you know, to just be sitting home doing nothing. So um, I talked to one of my friends. I'm not going to say his name because he's uh, he wrestles for the E. Um and he was like, yo, you should, you should get into wrestling, man. I, you know, that's, that's what we talked about. I was like, man, I wouldn't even know how to start. And then he directed me to uh, the place 
on the West Coast, which was APW. He was like, yo, get in contact with them. I sent them an email and uh, they sent that email to their, uh, what was at the time their trainer, Jekyll's the Jester. And uh, he emailed me back and told me to come in. And, you know, I was like, yo, I'm all in, let's go. And he was like, all right, it's not gonna be easy. I was like, I played professional basketball, man, whatever, dog. It was not easy. <laughs> It was a it was a completely different animal. So yeah, that's how I got into it. And then, what was your first impression when you saw when you actually saw like independent wrestling versus seeing you know, like you said, the E. When you see that and it's this polished, crisp, everything is like immaculately put to like make sure this camera angles on this move at this exact time. And you go from that to like indie wrestling, where you're like, this is some crazy shit. Sometimes that happens. So, what was your reaction like to that? Man, uh, my first indie show. Um, I I was lucky enough. Uh, I think the headline was uh, Gangrel was on the show, and I was a huge Brood fan, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to this. Uh, and then the co-main event was Cold Cold World versus um, uh, Jekyll's the Jester and and uh, what's his part of his name? Oh shoot. Um... Jinx, Jinx. Yes, Jinx, that's it, with the yeah. Y. So I was watching those two wrestle against Cold Cold World. And, you know, that was Will Hobbs, Yeah. you know, tag team. That was the first time I had ever seen Will. So I'm like, yo, this shit is fucking nuts. Like, it was out, of, it was, it was crazy. Like, the dives, the, like, it was just like a raw as in your face type thing. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, I love this kind of shit. And I was like, yeah, I, I fell more in love with wrestling at that point. Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, yeah, I always thought, uh, speaking of being a big uh, Brood fan, um, one of the best theme songs in the history of the WWE. So good. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's yeah, easily top five. Easily. Yeah. And uh, was at the time was Will Hobbs still a uh, normal human being size, or had he become a monster yet? Because <laughs> he's massive. He was like, now. he was right at that point where he started to put on that weight. Okay. So he was starting to get big. I was uh, like, okay, this is a a large size fellow. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I saw him a couple of months later. He was just like a house, and I was like, ah. Yeah. Oh. Do I have to do I have to do this too? Do I? <laughs> so what was uh when it came to actually like learning the ins and outs of wrestling, you know, psychology calling, you know, calling stuff in the ring, doing that kind of thing. Uh how was your learning curve when it came to that stuff? Cuz you know, physical, obviously, the part about taking bumps is always difficult. But what about like the more mental aspect of wrestling? To be honest with you, the mental the mental part of wrestling was easier for me than the physical. Because I am um uh, because I played ball and I studied. So I really like the ins and outs of things. So I'm, I deep dive into things, you know? So when he was saying, oh, you get hit like this, you sell like this. I was like, okay. But if I got hit like that, I would, you know, do this. 
so it was always a constant like learning thing because I was always like, but what about this? And he'd be like, do it the way I told you. And then we can come back to it. And yeah, because honestly, this is that's how I got my name Rogue. <laughs> my trainer yeah. gave me the name because uh, he would tell me how to do something and then I'd do it. And then the next time I do it completely different, he was like, stop going rogue. And, you know, so. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well, especially when you're first learning, it's almost like anything, though. It's like uh, whether you're learning guitar, mo- making movies, uh, wrestling, whatever. You have to learn, like, the right way to do it before you can know when to do it the wrong way in a way that makes sense. Yeah. I, le- I had to learn that the hard way. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then going from that and uh you start you know you get like a kind of a camaraderie you learn you other people that are training with you who's trained who trained with you that's still in the business uh right now uh marcus lewis marcus lewis was one of those people that helped train me and i i stole so much stuff from him sorry marcus <laughs> um i used to steal so much stuff from him because he has a mind for the business. So it's not just like, I'm a wrestler. He was like, no, I'm a wrestler, but there's a reason I have to do this. Like you have to be entertaining for people to gravitate towards you. And I was like, you're right. So I'm just gonna act like you when I wrestle. So when I first started wrestling, I was Marcus without the growling. Mm -hmm. I didn't growl. It was just, I was basically player number one him i think it's really hard not to not to do that when you start out because you still got to find like who am i going to be in the ring what's my character going to be like you know like stand-up comedy it's the same thing like people say like oh that guy's just doing david tell that guy's just doing Chappelle. it's like because when they're younger they that's what they see so then they do they mimic it and then eventually they spring out and do their own thing but everyone starts off like kind of doing someone else's because you're just kind of feeling around what you want to do yeah i was such a thief I was, <laughs> I was trying i was stealing from everybody and then one day it just all kind of clicked and then uh how did you get uh hooked up with like the stoner you guys and doing all that stuff as well oh um actually jekylls is the person that hooked me up with them because i so i live like north of napa like 30 minutes north of Napa. so and our training facility was in Fremont at the time. That's a long drive. <laughs> so I did that four times a week. <laughs> so I was driving from Napa to Fremont four times a week. And then, you know, as I got to the point where I was almost ready to start having matches, he was like, yo, on the way home, just stop by Stoner U. And, you know, you can see what's going on over there see like it's good to see different training people to see how people train i was like okay so i started going over there and they opened my eyes to a lot of things so they are really good at character development like they will teach you how to wrestle it but they will also teach you how to be a character and it was it was like eye opening i was like I can do that and it'd be okay. I was like, yeah, it's your character. Like it's yours. I was like, oh shit. Fuck yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, so I would 
go to Fremont to Jekylls, come back to doggone Stony U. And I was, I was still go to Stony U. Like, I just pop in randomly, like, what's up, bro? Oh, Dr. Ogue. Don't ask me that. Don't, don't ask about Dr. Ogue. <laughs> And uh, are is that how uh, you were able to uh, hook up with the guys at Hood Slam as well? It's through them. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing the the student shows at uh, Stony U. And uh, man, you know they kind of put uh, they kind of got us together as the squad. It was like I didn't I don't think anybody thought the squad was gonna take off the way it did. It was just kind of like you know, Harry. Harry needed a crew, and I was like, they were like, hey, what do you think about being with Hip Hop Harry? I was like, hell yeah. Harry got one leg and will out-wrestle anybody. I'm mm-hmm. down. So that happened, and then it just kind of started evolving. And then Kenny K joined, and then, you know, uh, Shakira Spears, and then they were like, yo, what do y'all think about coming to Hood Slam? You know, do a dark match. I said, Hell yeah. And then that dark match was fucking nuts. It was against uh, Steven Tessario. I forgot who else. I feel terrible for that. But (laughs) yeah, and it was just, we had the whole crowd flipping birds and saying squaw. And it just kind of took off from there. So I, first, I want to say I'm very I love that attitude of like, do you want to do this? You're like, hell yeah. Like, you want to do a dark match? You're like, hell yeah. Like, I feel like and there's this is just from being around, you know, you you I'm sure you've met some guys that are like this. You meet some guys that like, you know, they're a year into the business and they're already like, well, I'm not doing that. Why would I do a dark match? How much does it pay? And you're like, all right, man, you need to you need to walk. You need to crawl before you can walk. <laughs> I, I love that you were just like so open to like. Oh, no, I, I want to like I want to be part of stuff. I want to learn how to do stuff. I want to do everything. So that's already good sign on your end i'm like that's 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 good stuff um but also i was curious uh what you thought about wrestling in front of different crowds because you know uh, stuff like an apw crowd is a whole lot different than a stoner U crowd or a hood slam crowd so what were some of the differences you noticed and how did that kind of affect the way you worked um man i tell you this um you know the difference between when you're in front of just people watching wrestling, you know, and then you're in front of smarts, you know what I mean? Like marks and, you know, people that just think they know everything about wrestling. Hood Slam is more of a, they get more of the casual fan. People that just want to come enjoy themselves and watch some good wrestling. Like a place like APW or, um, yeah, like APW, they're more of the, fans that you know really just focus on everything like oh man i think he messed that up or Mm. that was terrible i don't know why that kind of shit so you like you really have to like i i found out how to interact with crowds because of the the different contrast so that's why i'm i think i'm pretty decent at like getting a crowd reaction because i've worked in front of just casual fans. And then I've worked in front of marks and, uh, you know, it's a lot of casual fans at ABW too, but there's a lot of people that just think they know everything about wrestling. Mm -hmm. 
So I just kind of had to figure out how to work the two. And I realized like, I work directly with people. So I'm going outside and I'm in your face right here. So they're like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck you just say? <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were talking to me for a second. Sorry about that. And then I'll get back in the ring. And then instantly I have everybody's attention. Cause this is not a game anymore. This is serious for me. Yeah. So now they're like, okay, now I got you focused. So now you can enjoy the fucking match without trying to analyze <laughs> yeah i feel like that's like a good wrestling match is like a good movie in that way it's like we know what this is we know that robert downey jr isn't really in an isn't really in a metal suit flying around blasting an alien we know that's not happening but if you can make me forget that just let myself lose myself while i'm watching it then i know i'm watching something good and i feel like wrestling's like that too like we know the performance of it but at the same time we don't want to be constantly thinking about the performance of it because then that's no fun. Like, what's the fun in that? That's why I think the best crowds are mixed. It's like a bunch of casuals, a bunch of smart marks. Then you get the people who you know really appreciate the little nuances. But then you get also people who will jump up and scream. Because the worst thing I hate the most at some shows is someone d pulls off an amazing move and the people are just like... And it's like, fucking get out your seat, man. Like, enjoy. <laughs> you know, like, you hit it right on the head man that's so irritating but you know that's fucking wrestling man yeah but i think now that people are so starved for wrestling i feel like everyone's gonna be screaming the second they're watching wrestling again live because yeah uh speaking of which so you actually went uh had some recent shows uh for gcw uh yeah. how was that like working in the you know the socially distant crowd or whatever but working in front of live fans again and all that I smiled so big when I came through the curtain. Like it, it was a feeling like you can't describe, man. It's one of those. I was just so relieved. Oh shit! I guess people and they cheering. Hey, <laughs> like I didn't know what to do at first. Like finger guns, spirit fingers. Like I like it wasn't. I couldn't high five or anything like that so i was like yeah you you got it mm, i wish i wish <laughs> but like it was crazy man like the i felt like a kid on christmas it was such a amazing feeling man amazing and just being like being on a gcw show is already like big especially for like people on the west coast we don't get a lot of shots you know what mm. i mean uh why do you think that is i think because we're like the east coast is so condensed and there's so many different places you can go as on the west coast you come over here you can drive goddamn 10 hours and still be in california mm. so it's like every like it's so many different promotions over there over here, you can damn near count how many promotions it is. So it's a lot harder for us to get over there or get known, which is a good and a bad thing because when they finally do see us, they're like, oh shit, where the hell has he been? Mm -hmm. And it's, like I said, man, it's, it's, I'm glad I went over there. I, I think 
like, you know, me, Juicy, um, Zoe, you know, Andy Brown from SoCal. Uh, it was a lot of us out there from the West Coast, man. Dark Sheik, uh, Super Beast, Mike Rain. Like, we, Nuck Nuck, we went over there and we represented. So I think, I think things are going to start changing because that's that was one of our goals. Mm. Like during this pandemic, I was like, you know what? We gonna get the fuck off this island. Like y'all gonna start noticing us, or I'm gonna start coming over there, and then you gonna notice us. Mm-hmm. And I've been to like four or five GCW shows, just flown out there. Hey, what's up, man? It's D Rogue. <laughs> See me. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, man, it was. It's so much harder for us, honestly, because we're so more, we're, it's so spread out as opposed to over there. It's so close. I remember like the, the internet conversation, like we, like we mentioned with Will Hobbs, like when he showed up on, on dark and, and all of a sudden people are like, who is, who is this? Why has WWE not signed this giant man? Like, cause that's what everyone assumes. The second you see like a big dude, they're like, oh, that's like, he must've came from like the WWE thing. Well, and they're like, no, this dude's from EPA. So relax. <laughs> you know, it's, right. yeah, that's the first thing I was like, I was like, ah, well, ops. I was so excited. I get so stoked whenever I see like anyone from over here on, on that stuff, because I'm like, yes, get on TV, get yours. This is what, this is what needs to happen. And I feel like it's people a lot more, um, cause I, cause I've, you know, hovered around indie wrestling since like the early 2000s and it was a lot less, um, a lot less camaraderie back then. Mm. Back then, it kind of felt like if someone else got on TV, people would be like, well, that guy's not really shit anyway. Why is he getting on TV? And that's how people would talk. And it was just like, dude, like, why can't you just be stoked for each other? I don't know. To me, it seems like everyone supports each other more. But getting into that, so you meet a lot of wrestlers that you, you know, you work the same, like you said, work to the same uh, shows with them in different places and all that. What's the camaraderie like when it comes to with wrestlers? And how is that different than the camaraderie you had like in basketball with the, with your teammates? Um, it's, man, it's like um, most people in, in locker rooms now, like from what I gathered, not, you know, I'm just talking about from my experience. Yeah. We all want to see each other do great. You know what I mean? Especially after this pandemic, nobody wants to see anybody fail. So we're all like, it's like a, we're like a big team right now, like of cheerleaders just cheering each other on. And like, I don't think there was any, the locker rooms I've been in lately, there's been no bad blood, nobody hating on each other. Nobody saying, oh, this person's doing, it's been like, hell yeah, like, let's do this shit. And it's and it's been dope, man, for real. It really feels like um, like when I was in college, and you get a like once you guys start getting close, you start things start rolling, like you start getting wins. Like, like the coach is like, "All right, I ain't gotta yell at y'all last today because you guys did good." <laughs> and that's what it was like in in the locker room, man. Everybody's doing so fucking dope, man, and doing such different things. Then I haven't heard one promoter say, hey, that wasn't good because I haven't seen a bad match in them since I've been traveling. Mm. Interesting. So uh, speaking about uh, Dark Sheik, we mentioned earlier, uh, the camaraderie, uh, 
when you're dealing with someone like her who's a worker who's running a promotion, um, wh- how is that different for you uh, working on a show where the where the promoter's a worker versus when the promoter isn't a worker, when it's someone who doesn't necessarily know the ins and outs of being an actual wrestler? It's no different for me. Okay. I treat them, I treat everybody the same. Dark Sheik is a really good fan. Like, Sheik became a part of my family over the uh, weekend because, like, my family just fucking loves Sheik. So, uh, her name is uh, S Rogue now. I'm D Rogue. She's S Rogue. I saw that on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, legit, she's a part of the family. But I don't, like, I don't treat anybody any differently. Promoter, worker, uh, merch person. I treat everybody the same. I treat everybody with the utmost respect. Um, I'll ask you if you need anything, you need me to help with anything. I got you. Uh, one of the workers, hey, hey, I need some water. I'll run and go grab it for him. I, it doesn't matter, man. It's just, <clears throat> I just, I want to, I want to do great. I'm hungry to learn. Um, I don't want to see anybody fail. And I just think, like, I, there should be no difference between the way you treat people. Just because you're a promoter doesn't mean I have to treat you like a god. Mm. I can just treat you like a regular person. As long as you have respect and treat me the same, there. What is the issue? Yeah, that's good. See, there you go. I, I feel like you you came in with a little bit of a leg up uh, as far as that stuff because when you are playing a team game, you have to kind of be more like you know, there's no I in team, blah blah blah, that kind of thing. Uh, whereas some wrestlers don't come in with that attitude. They're kind of like you know, how can I get mine? <laughs> so it's you know, yeah. I've ran in a couple of those, for sure. Yeah, ran in a couple of those. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I got uh this segment. It's called the Take It Home segment. Uh, what we do is I got a list of questions here. Feel free to take as much time you want on them. Um, and we're gonna start off with uh, what are your some of your favorite road stories? Ooh. Um. <clears throat> Uh, oh, here, I can tell you this one. Um, I was with Daniel Torch, just Zach, and Ezra on the way to Oregon for DOA. And uh, we were driving through the mountains, just crossed the Oregon border. And we were like, yo, Zach, you got it? He was like, yeah, I got it. I'm cool, man. I was like, all right, man. Like, snowy outside like you might want to slow the fuck down all right cool so everybody's like all right you got it i say i must have turned over to go to sleep not even five minutes later we get pulled over and as we're pulled over i'm like oh shit we are in oregon and i'm the only black dude here <laughs> i'm finna get killed or something something bad's gonna happen because i'm the only black dude so torch <laughs> the guy comes up torch is next to me he's like don't worry i'll tell him you're my black guy <laughs> so he gets the ticket he doesn't even acknowledge me he just gives him the ticket blah 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 you got slow down go i was like oh shit he was like i told you you're mine now and <laughs> we go to oregon and then as we're in oregon we're eating well we're going into the restaurant i said yo i'm gonna get stared at 
was like, no, you're not. And as we go into the door, it's like a movie. Everything stops. And everybody just stares <laughs> and watches me walk. And then I sit down and I was like, I told you. And then Torch was like, don't worry about it. Hey, guys, don't worry. He's with me. And then everybody just looks. <laughs> no, he did not. Everybody just looks and just starts eating again. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a fit. I, I think I'm, uh, I, I'm owned by Torch now. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing that was uh that wasn't Portland. That was like some outskirt of Oregon. Or it's like, yeah, that once you're out of Portland area, Oregon's a different spot. Yeah, it wasn't Portland. Definitely. Yeah. Man, it was it was different. <laughs> yeah. The outskirts of Portland are a little 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 scary in that way. I'm like, uh, I don't know what's what's happening out here. Um let's see. Uh if not wrestling what would you like to do creatively? I always consider wrestling a very creative sport. You're making up stuff. You're ma- you're deciding things. So if not wrestling, what do you like to do creatively? I I want it to be a radio personality. Because I, I tell people I got a face for radio. Um, I just think you can be you can be so out of control and you know just so outrageous on the radio. It's not like they know what you look like, so you can just say whatever the fuck you want sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be a radio personality because I just wanted to curse people out and then hide. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite move or hold that you do not use? The Canadian Destroyer. Even though it's overused so much now, I damn near hate it, but it's like so cool to see. Definitely the Canadian destroyer. Oh, Spanish fly. Spanish I'm gonna great. Learn, I'm gonna learn how to do it. Damn it! I can't. Flip. <laughs> I can't backflip, but I'm gonna learn how to do it. Yeah, the Canadian destroyer is one of those things where, like, I just feel like maybe people just should be like in the locker room. Maybe someone call it. Be like, I call it. I'm I'm the one doing the destroyer today. Like, just so no one else does it the rest of the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just you. Everyone, you get one. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Just one the whole show. Yeah. We don't one, need 16. Yeah. Just one of the whole show. That's it. And then I'm cool with it. Then I'm fine with it. It's just if I see two in one show, I'm like, you've lost me. You lost me right. already. Right. That's what uh, I mean. Uh, what's the craziest fan interaction you've had? Um, I've had a lot of them, honestly. I've had like I've had a few stalkers. Um, I say I was at a, where was I at? I think I was at West Coast Pro. And ladies like, oh, can I have a picture? Yeah, that, that. like, yeah, no problem. And I go to take a picture with her. She just grabs my whole junk. And she, <laughs> and I'm like, yo. <laughs> and she's like, jeez, click, and get the picture. As I'm so uncomfortable and I'm looking at her like, what the fuck you doing? She was like, hey, thanks. Um, so what are you doing later? <laughs> it's like going home and then I, I walked away. But yeah, she grabbed my whole my whole junk and wow. pictured cheese. I was like, oh wow. Man. Cool, I guess. 
There's a whole new meaning to the term working snug. All right. Uh, <laughs> 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 little stiff, brother. Little stiff. Uh, oh, God. I hope not. Uh, so uh, when you're working with someone in a match, uh, there are things that the, uh, another person can do, especially if you don't know them really well, that could irk you. What's uh, the worst thing someone could do when they're working with you in a match? hit me like chop me without my knowledge mm, okay like cool i don't i don't mind like jekyll's my trainer so he he really he doesn't pull anything if he's gonna hit you he's gonna fucking light your ass up so i don't mind like working stiff and all that other stuff but if you chop me and i don't see it coming i am going to damn near flip out Eventually, when it comes back, I'm going to try to cut your chest with my fingers <laughs> because I'm going to hit you so hard. And I'm I'm going to hit you a few times just to let you know, bitch, <laughs> don't fucking do that. You know, but, you know, other than that, there's pretty much nothing. As long as don't chop me without my knowledge. If you're going to chop me, at least let me know it's coming before you hit me don't just be like hey pow. <gasps> yeah uh speaking of which who's got the hardest chops voice legrand voice legrand that's the first time i've heard that one okay fuck no yeah <laughs> i don't know who you've been interviewing but that motherfucker shit wow okay interesting uh also the stoner bros yeah that that's a typical one. a lot of people go to that one uh a lot of people go to that one uh, a lot of people say billy blade i haven't been chopped by billy blade but i don't want to he does like an overhand one that like even like watts who's a big dude was like dude he's like i was so pissed when he chopped me i was like oh wow like that so yeah <laughs> no thanks um When's the time you were legitimately surprised by a worker in the ring? Um, maybe you heard, maybe you heard beforehand, like, "Oh, this guy's not that great to work with," blah, blah, blah. But they ended up being like a nice surprise. You were like, "Oh, wow, actually, like, this guy was great." Or conversely, instead of that, maybe uh, someone who you do, you never worked with before that when you did, you were surprised at how much chemistry you guys had in the ring, and you were like, "I can't believe how smooth this is, how easily everything's going." That kind of thing, maybe. Eddie Pearl. Eddie Pearl is. I was surprised at how much chemistry we had because we, we worked twice and each time, both times were like, it went from good to like really fucking good. He's one of those people that I don't think is mentioned enough, but he's like really smooth with his stuff. He's a, he's a smart worker. Like, you know, he doesn't do too much. He does, he does the best Eddie Pearl impression that anybody can do. And he is like a dope ass person and a dope ass wrestler. And I think he should be talked about more him and, and, uh, Ricky Gibson, those mother, I mean, those guys, I was about to say motherfuckers, uh, <laughs> those dudes, those dudes are amazing. And I don't, they should really be talked about with the top indie tag teams. And I don't know why they're not. I think it's cause they're on the West coast, mm. but they definitely should be up there.
Has a booker tried to stiff you on money? And if so, what is, what is a fun excuse as to why they did so? Yep. Um, that happened when I was I worked a promotion in Sacramento. Uh, they were running the show for the first time. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but they were like, oh, yeah, we got this, this, and this. And we got this, all oh, other stuff. They had strippers come to promote. And, you know, all the stuff. And like seven people showed up. Mm. So he was like, yeah. Hey, uh, bro, uh, you know, you seen the turnout. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I got it right now, brother. Uh, that's not my concern, sir. I'm so, I'm sorry. I, I did what I was supposed to do. I held up my end. Now you hold up yours. I'm sorry. Like next time I, you know, you might want to promote a little better, but that's not my issue. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I gotta, I'll wait. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I don't stupid. I got yeah. my money. <laughs> yeah. I always feel like you got to be wary, especially if it's like someone's first show. It's like, I don't know, man, especially if they're throwing around money. If someone throws around money like that, like getting strippers and stuff, either they have a lot of money or they have not that much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was definitely the case on that one. I won't say names, but they know who they are, and I hope they're listening. <laughs> um, what's a mistake that you made in wrestling that ended up being uh, more positive because of it? Oh, a mistake I made in wrestling. Um, I don't know. I make a lot of fucking mistakes. <laughs> um, or maybe one that you learned from. Oh, that's that's definitely one. Um, I I made the mistake of trying to tell a vet how our match was gonna go. Ooh, that's a good, that's always a good experience. So how did that happen? And yeah, how did that go? Um, yeah, so it was actually a hood slam. Um, I was telling them, oh, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, this, and this, and this, and I got one of these. Oh, are you calling our match? <laughs> nah, cuz we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> this is what we're doing. All right, got it. Yeah. Any questions? Come talk to me. And he walked away, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and then Harry leaned over and was like, "Nah, cause you don't don't do that. You know, just kind of, you know, go with it." And then make suggestions, but don't ever tell the vets what you're gonna do. And from that day, I have never gone up to somebody and was like, yo, we're, so we're gonna do this. Never, never. I've always said, hey, um, what do you wanna do? You know, whatever you wanna do, man, I don't, I don't mind. And then we can figure it out from there. Cause I'm never gonna be like, yo, we're doing this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Cause that shit didn't work out for me at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Did you see the uh, the Michael Modest documentary we put out? No, I didn't watch it. Okay, there's there's a story on there where in his first match he's like 17 and he's like he's like I spent all night coming up with everything I was gonna do in the match. I had so many ideas. He's all then I went up to the guy and I was like We're, I want to do this. 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 And he went, okay, we're gonna do it all of it. We're gonna do all of it, brother. We're gonna do all of it. And he's like, okay. And that guy punched him right in the face. <laughs> it's a crazy story. You should check it out on there. It's a uh, yeah. He basically he learned he learned uh you learned a much better way than he did. Let's just say that. That's uh that he was uh his was old school, old school way. <laughs> as they, as Iron Cheek would say, old school way. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um what's the hardest you've laughed at an indie show? Uh there's a few. Ziggy. Ziggy Dice. Um the very first time I've I've saw him work was uh <laughs> so i didn't know about his character how he was outlandish i didn't know so um we were at a uh i don't know if i'm allowed to say a, a tryout yeah for some people mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> so he's he's working and he's like <laughs> and it starts pulling all the scars out of his mouth and i'm like what the fuck am i watching <laughs> so i was like holy shit nobody else is nobody else is saying this is this like the greatest thing i've ever seen or is it just fuck you guys so i'm into the fucking match now and then he does the uh the uh snake rattle and roll i think so and then when he did it a deck of cards just popped out and flew everywhere. And I was like, oh my God. Art, I'll fucking sign him if y'all don't. Fuck you guys. <laughs> like, mind blown. I was mind blown from Ziggy. He's just entertaining as fuck. So yeah, that was that was mine. All right. Um we talked a bit about, uh, earlier about gimmicks and crafting characters. Uh, in your time going to different promotions, different states and all that, what's some of the worst gimmicks you've seen? Um, <laughs> I saw a dildo. Guy want guy was a dildo, and he wrestled trying to fuck people. He was a dildo. Yeah, he was dressed like, up as like a, a dick, like a big costume. Yeah, and the whole match he was trying to fuck somebody. <laughs> okay, <laughs> see that reaction? That that same one I gave him. Uh, that's so. Okay. That's such a big swing. Not yeah. to use that term, not to use that term, uh, but <laughs> that was that's uh, a lot of junk talk on this episode. Um, no, that's <laughs> that's I mean, I mean that in that that either goes over really well or that goes over not at all, mm-hmm. which is that how that went? Not at all, because that's yeah, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it went the latter half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, what do you even, how do you even, are you, were you in the match? 
Hell no. Okay. <laughs> Yo, that guy's not trying to fuck me. <laughs> no. Oh, man, look. Did you have to follow that? That's even, I don't know if that might be worse. Yes, I did. Mm. It was the great, it was the best thing to happen because I had to follow it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. You're like, anything I do at this point is going to make these people happy <laughs> after that. <laughs> that was- yeah. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, like, what moves was he trying to do? <laughs> so now, now, I'm like, now I'm trying to, like, picture it. God. Um, I, oh, he went for a, uh, a a dick line. So he didn't throw he didn't throw his arms. He threw the top of his. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're. I feel like I'm. 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 I'm, I'm kind of sold on it. <laughs> that that at least that's that's a good spot. That's one. <laughs> but. Okay, but you know how long could it really go? I mean, that match has to be like a minute because otherwise people are gonna get bored out of their fucking minds. Because yeah, yeah, it was that's... it was more of a yeah, it was more of one of those shock and awe type things. Like yeah, are you serious? It wasn't a long match, maybe like two three minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say because you know you're gonna run out of material. You know, who has the stamina for longer than that? You know. Anyway, um, thank you so much, D Rogue, for being on. <laughs> I love how silly this episode got. I appreciate it. Please um, put yourself over and put over the match that will be coming. This will be coming on Friday. The match that'll be here tomorrow in San Jose for Ugwa. Please go ahead and plug all that. Um, uh, it's a uh, D underscore Rogue One on everything. All social medias. I was smart about it. I didn't want to change it. I kept everything the same. Um, Agua, you finally get to see the squad. Myself and Kenny K team up. I don't even know who we're wrestling. Doesn't matter. We're gonna kick the ass and be crowned the first Agua Tag Champs. So you know, I'm excited about that. Oh. Let me make sure I, I shot everybody out. The whole conglomerate, Juicy, Zoe, Fresh, uh, Midas, Fab, Cliff, uh, Jacob. Uh, man, I know it's a bunch of people I'm missing. I'm sorry. Don't cuss me out, y'all. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and tell Faye Jackson I love her. Faye. Hey, boo. I want to get her on her. She seems like she'd be a blast. I think you should get her on here too. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. You have yourself a good day. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you.